Hello everyone, this is Rev Brad on the Soccer Chaplains United podcast from the Touchline. Today's podcast is part of our Lesson from Lasso series, so if you're short on time, when you hear that Ted Lasso theme song, you can skip ahead a minute and get right into the pod. Apple TV's Ted Lasso show has been very popular, and a lot of what we see on the screen gives a glimpse of life at a football club. Being around a professional team for some 25 years, I thought I would offer a chaplain's perspective on some of what we see in each episode. There are some great lessons to be learned, whether you're a person of faith or not. You might be an athlete, a coach, or simply a fan of the beautiful game. I think you're going to find a lot of clever and creative wisdom in this series. Thanks for joining us today. Here we go with another lesson from Ted Lasso. He's found the space, and he's found the back of the net. Just a little off foot, thinking he's going to go far post. Not strong enough with his right hand. Whips that one in. Far post, almost made him in, and they have. He has the hat trick. The second in his career. The third of the night. The hat trick hero. Talked about you're not going to be able to sustain that kind of pressure. To the corner. Goes towards the near post. And you're the angle. And what a goal. What a goal. Today's lesson from Lasso is the last one that I'll draw on from episode nine. Today, we're talking identity. The scene has Roy Kent sitting on the couch, speaking with girlfriend Keeley, and lamenting the point that he's come to this place in his career, the first time facing being benched and not starting a game outside of injury. Kent confesses he's always been the best player on every team that he's been on since a kid. He likes who he's been all of his life. He's not ready for the next chapter where he imagines himself as a quote-unquote loser has been named Roy. For Roy Kent, he's reached that point that all footballers must eventually face at some point. The moment when you realize your career is over or coming closer to the end. If you're a veteran of the game, you know that moment. You know what moment I'm talking about. The moment when your playing days are through and it's come time to hang up the boots. For myself, that moment came and I didn't really understand it. I didn't know about it. Looking back now, I can talk through it, justify it. But I didn't play the game at a significant level or have quite the investment of time and energy into it as so many others in the professional game. For me, my last moments of competitive football were when I was I was out in an open tryout at college. It wasn't so much about not having physical ability or technical ability as much as it was about my soccer acumen and IQ. Okay, maybe a little bit of that technical skill too. But I remember sitting across from the coach after that day's open tryout session and telling him, uh, hey, coach, you know, I think I've got these studies looming, my major, I might be better suited to be the team videographer. Well, needless to say, the coach didn't argue much with me, and he appreciated that I still wanted to contribute in a meaningful way to the team. And later that year, as the team's sitting around at the, at the end of season banquet and laughing and, and so appreciative of the highlight reel that I'd put together, it, it really was a mark of, of the team for that year. So that was me, done. My last competitive match would have been my senior year of high school when I injured my knee as a team's starting center back. Now, it's lame recounting my own story, but the point is I want to make not too much of my own identity was actually wrapped up in football. So for me, it didn't feel as hard to leave the game of soccer, but that is not true for so many of hundreds of footballers that I've worked with for so many years. Like Roy Kent, they would articulate their own experience, love, and passion for the game as an athlete with the words that Roy shares with Keeley. And he says this, 
it's not just a game to me. It's all I've ever known. It's who I am. It's all I am. And right there, we see Roy Kent as having an identity crisis. The thing he knows best, the thing he identifies himself by, the thing that he loves most, all of it is about to change, and he's powerless to do anything about it. Well, what do we do when we face such an identity crisis? Now, identity crisis isn't just about an elite football athlete issue. All of us find something that we place our identity in. It's a thing that we think, quote unquote, makes us. Maybe it's a job or a a relationship, a place where we live, a talent or skill that we have. It could be a hundred of other things. For Roy, it might be about being a premier league footballer. For me, it might be about being the volunteer chaplain to the Colorado Rapids. For my wife, it might be about being a mother to our four beautiful and amazing daughters. For the pastor at the church down the road, it might be about being the man on stage and behind the pulpit. For the woman in the high-rise downtown office, it might be about being the only female partner in the law firm. But what happens when the job or the relationship or the thing that we place so much stock into changes drastically? Would you believe me if I told you that I think this is where there needs to be a funeral? There needs to be a grave, a death, something needs to die. Let me share the words of the Apostle Paul as he writes a letter to the church in Galatia. He writes about his own heritage. He has a lot he could boast in or be proud about, but he realizes that his heritage, his schooling, his education, everything actually gets in the way of an authentic, faith-filled relationship. And so he says, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. You can find that in the letter to the Galatians, uh, chapter two, verse 20. Paul, in another letter to the Corinthians, the church in Corinth, he, he puts it this way. This is 2 Corinthians 5.17. He says, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. And there are other verses in the Bible. There's so many that speak to a person's identity. But I just want to highlight these two. And I, and I want to talk about them a little bit to close out this lesson from Lasso. One thing I want you to consider, no matter where you are on the faith spectrum, is that when our identity, among other things, isn't connected to something or someone that is transcendent from the things like our sport or our job, we run a great risk of having a mental breakdown when that time or season is over. If you're an athlete, there comes an end to your playing days. As a manager, there likely will come a moment when no other team wants to hire you or your ascendancy up the coaching ladder comes to an end. If you've narrowly kept your identity in those things, there will be a lot of pain when time for change comes. The Apostle Paul in these two verses is saying a lot. It's not that we totally disown or turn our back on our our heritage, our training, our jobs, our identity in those ways. But for Paul, he, he doesn't turn his back on the heritage or ethnicity or his education. He realizes that he has, he's put it maybe in an improper place and, and he can't put it in that wrongful place to put a, a wrongful emphasis on it will lead to massive frustration. So in the Galatians passage, he references a time when he confronted the apostle Peter. Peter had been an amazing leader in the early church, but Peter also a Jew at one moment decided his heritage, the old way of living was more important. Uh, and, and so he started, let me, let me put it this way. Peter had begun leading the church. And and in the early days of the church, Jews were reaching across the aisle to the Gentiles. And they were starting to do a lot of things. There there was momentum being built. But there comes this moment and and Peter's having a meal and some guys come in, some older guys, some Jewish guys. And he's like, 
I'm going to go sit over there and I'm going to start acting like my old ways. Well, Paul sees this. He sees it and calls it out in Peter. Peter had been putting more stock in his identity of being Jewish than in the new lifestyle of living as a Jesus follower. And I think we all do this at some point. You know, I, I, for example, I tell couples that are in a new relationship, I say, give yourselves at least two years. We can usually do things we don't like or tolerate minor annoyances for about two years and then we break. You like hamburgers, your partner's a vegetarian, give it two years. Let's see. Let's see if your partner can put up with you eating red meat or if you can put down the burger for a minute and, and have a salad. Um, let's see if the new habit can remain. Paul, though, he knows that the transformative work of Jesus can make even the staunchest meat eater become a vegetarian. It's a silly example, I know, but but hopefully you can follow me there. Fortunately for Roy Kent, Keeley, in that moment, as we see them in the scene, has enough sense to drag his niece Phoebe into the conversation. Now, Phoebe doesn't think anything about her uncle being a footballer. She thinks of all the other things, the things that she loves and enjoys about him. For Roy, Phoebe becomes a bit of the transcendent one. She's able to offer this objective perspective to Roy's identity. She sees and knows Roy differently than he sees and knows even himself. You know, I think it'd be great if we all had someone like Phoebe to speak into our lives. The, the truth is, God sees us much like this. God knows us. God loves us in ways that are perhaps we can't even see or nearly incomprehensible to us. We might think for a moment that we're good or great at something, that we can do something a certain way, or, or there's some piece of us that just is. But God's love for us goes beyond any of that. One other piece on, on identity from scripture that I, that I want to close this out with. Paul, again, writing in that letter to Galatia, writes chapter 3, verses 26 through 29. He says, So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. The early Christians in Galatia were having an identity issue. There were people who kept telling them they need to act and, and look more Jewish. They need to follow Old Testament law and traditions. And it was really a confusing time for these Greek-based people. But Paul writes, and he had previously helped set up the church, he tells them, no, your identity is based on Jesus. And those previous lines of demarcation they're, they're irrelevant. Not, not that they don't exist. It's, it's not saying like there's no more identity, like sexual identity more, male and female. There's, there's no more uh, ethnicity or culture identity, Jew and Gentile. But he's saying in Christ Jesus, we become one. And so in Christ Jesus, you're all recipients of the promises of God. And so it's not based on following a particular religious, religious rite or ritual you know, I recall a few months before I started serving as a volunteer chaplain for the Rapids, my club team, that I saw a guy walking in the hallways of, of the seminary, the theological school where I was at, and he was wearing team gear. Now, if you've been around a football club before, you know there's, there's always merchandise that's available for the fans to purchase, but there's often special team gear, the, the, the stuff that's only available to staff and athletes and coaches. This was it. I saw this guy wearing the special gear, and I stopped him, and I, I asked him about it. I won't go into the full-on story, but, uh, you know, I could tell he had somehow become part of the team. And he told me, you know, I'm, I'm helping the new volunteer chaplain. You know, whenever I hear this verse about being clothed with Christ, I think about that special team gear 
It signifies one's standing and status, in this case, as an insider or a team member. And so too, our faith in Christ is like putting on the jersey, putting on the team badge. We identify with Jesus by virtue of our faith in him, and he becomes our identity. Well, friends, I know I've gone on a little bit longer today, but the issue of identity is a massive one in football, extremely difficult to overcome and deal with, even when we have a strong faith in Jesus. So let me encourage you, if you're coming to or at a crossroads with your football career, I want to encourage you, seek out a chaplain, seek out someone to help you. You you need a Phoebe in your life to help process, to help you see things about yourself that you can't see yourself. And don't believe for a minute that you're a washed up loser has been. That's not how God sees you and me. He sees us for much more. Put your faith in Jesus. Put on the Jesus kit. Put on the Jesus uniform and rest in your identity being more than just about football. Well, thanks for listening to this lesson from Ted Lasso. This is Reb Brad coming to you from the Touchline.